Well, welcome to another episode of Ear to the Streets podcast. Myself, T Dot, as always, got another guest with me. Do you want to just introduce yourself? Let the listeners know who you are. Um, hello, everyone. My name is George Candy. Um, oh, well, I'm um, I'm an artist manager, live events manager, and I do other things too in the music industry. Anything creative behind the scenes, um, I'm you know heavily involved in it. Yeah, so yeah, it's an all rounder, really. Yeah, you've done a, you've done a lot as well because I think you know in terms of um, which we're going to touch on obviously in the episode, but you've done a lot for a lot of artists, man. Like obviously, I've had um, Remy on on the um, the podcast before, but let's take it all the way back, like I like to do for all the artists and and um, management and anyone who comes on this on this podcast. I like to take it all the way back to the start. So, where, where are you from originally? Is it from London? So you yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm from South London, um, Colleyswood, SW19, which is basically Wimbledon. And that's very, very close to Tooting, just down, down the road. Mm. Um, I'm originally French Congolese. Um, and I've been in the UK for since 1996, so about 25, 26 years. So, um, yeah, um, so South London's been my home since I was eight years old. Um, yeah, that's where I'm from, and, and I'm based in London as well. What was, so, that, what was that like? Because I don't think we touched obviously, for anyone who's listening to this, we we both done the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and from my own fault, probably mine, um, we weren't able to put that out for the for the audio reasons, the quality, um, didn't come through, so we're having to record the whole podcast again. But we didn't touch on this last time, um, so I didn't know that. So you moved over when you was eight, what was that transition like? obviously from what you'd known up until eight years old and then coming over to England or to London. Um, what was that? What was that difference like? What was it like the, the transition like for you? Um, to be honest, I was excited just as any young kid, you know, moving to a new place. Yeah. Yeah. You're excited. Um, I think we were meant to move here, um, on a temporary basis where, um, me and my sister would just learn English and then, would move to Canada. That was the aim. And then obviously um, my brother was born here and then my parents just decided to, you know, um, to live here. to Because to we, um, they found a place to live. I was in school. My sister started nursery. Um, it was, you know, you were excited. But when I got here, um, in the beginning, it was kind of difficult because obviously... Um, um, I spoke French back then, and I also spoke a bit a bit of Portuguese and German. So um, it was hard learning the language, but um, I did know the language because you know watching the French French Fresh Prince, um, watching a lot of American films when I was younger with my uncles. So I kind of knew a few words, but um, I think I started um, taking English seriously when people were teasing me in schools mm. in a French accent and stuff. Um, so I, I studied, studied it. Like after school, I was watching the news, watching how the journalists spoke. I took notes. And yeah, next thing you know, the GCSEs got A star in English. Come on. Um, a in English <laughs> literature. Um, yeah, I excelled in a language, you know. So um, yeah, that's a little story that no one knows about me. Um, yeah, that's crazy, man. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but going off topic, I know, like, literally going off topic here. But I've watched the new Fresh Prince, the new one. The, it's called Bel Air. <laughs> no, I haven't watched it yet. I saw, I saw the the trailer, and it looks different. It yeah, looks yeah. more serious. Have you yeah. seen it? I literally started it this after, like, literally about an hour ago. Like, I watched the first. There's only three episodes that I can find on on Sky at the moment, but it, it's it's different, man. It's different. It's it's good. I was I was apprehensive because obviously when you when you touch a classic in anything, music or film or whatever, you gotta do it right. And if you don't do it right, then it's a madness. But this one, it seems alright, man. It's a bit like it's a bit. Have you ever watched Power? Do you watch Power or have you watched that in the past? Yeah. So it's a bit like that, but it's a bit of a shit version of that. It's almost like a, a PG version to an extent of power, but um, it's good, man. No, it's good. There's a lot of, a lot of differences, man, um, so far, but... I'll definitely check it out then this weekend. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But um, let's get let's get let's get back to why you're on the podcast, not talking about Fresh Prince and all that stuff. But um, so yeah, let's let's talk about your insight into music because obviously, um you know you've got a heavily uh, i think we spoke about this last time which is annoying but talk to me about the influences in in um growing up obviously like you just said coming over as an eight-year-old um to, to england what were those influences like and did they change as well when you came to england and who was you listening to who was the inspirations who got you into music um like um the person that got me into music was my dad um my dad since i was a kid he'd He'd like, you know, play Celine Dion, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Michael Bolton, um, Barry White, Boys to Men, um, Black Street, like literally every single like amazing artist or group from the 70s, 80s, 90s, um, you'd think of, like he'd play play them. And I would just, you know. I'd listen, I'd take note, um, I'd remember certain songs. And we used to do this thing um, on Sundays for, for me and my sister. Um, Sundays was a day where he'd, he'd blast like a random album out and he'd tell me about the album, be like, yeah, you know, this person, um, they recorded this album, it took them three years to record it, taking time and art is the most important thing. You know, I'd, I'd take note, you know, and that's sort of how I got into like different different style of music. That's why I love all types of music. Do you know what I mean? I appreciate every single artist out there. Because um, obviously, as I mentioned, the, the artist that I mentioned just a few moments ago, like for example, Michael Jackson did every single genre. Um, Barry White was more like soul, R&B. Um, I even got into like Kenny, Kenny Rogers. He's like yeah, a country yeah. Artist that my dad got me into, Celine Dion. Is he the one that plays the saxophone as well? Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, I think that's someone else. I think he's more like guitar, guitar. Okay, okay, okay. Um, obviously the police as well. Sting, not the real police, but the police, the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sting and them guys. Um, and then obviously, um, I keep saying obviously. Uh, and then as I as I became a teenager, I started discovering my own music, and I discovered hip hop. Nas, Mob Deep, I was heavy into Mob Deep, Wu Tang, um, Big L, Biggie, Tupac, Puff Daddy, Busta Rhymes, then started discovering RB artists, Janet Jackson, um, um, TLC, Joe Deci, uh, Joe Deci, Vogue, mm. 
so many R and B acts. And then um, as as I when I when I was when I was thirteen um, in secondary school, I met this friend of mine. His name was a friend um, called Andrew, and you know I was exposed to rock music a little bit when I was like ten, um, like Lenny Kravitz. Um, Phil Collins had a few rock songs um, and a few bands, but it was it wasn't until I met Andrew um, I discovered this um, subgenre of rock called new metal, and those are like bands like Linkin Park, Corn, Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach. So I was heavily into that from like the year two thousand to like two thousand and six. I was blasting that out loud while still listening to like hip-hop r&b and other style of music and then i just you know started discovering other genres and stuff and yeah i've just because i just loved because back then we had um oh don't know if i'm allowed to say this but come on man because <laughs> <laughs> <Lime wire. laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, all of them i had them yeah yeah lime wire. I, know, I know you remember napster yeah, lime yeah wire. We didn't have YouTube or anything like that. So um, we'd hear a song on radio and be like, and obviously the presenter would be like, yeah, that's a new song by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. And I'd be like, straight on white, line wire. Straight so I'd download that. Mm, that's going to my Walkman straight away for my CD. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah. that's how I was discovering artists. And then, um, but, and then I started discovering like unknown artists, which, um, you know, um, that's that's when I felt like, right, wow, I'm discovering these unknown artists who are amazing. Um, that's when the passion to work in the music industry, that's where it came from. And it just got bigger and bigger. And, and I started writing songs. Um, then I produced for a bit. Then I tried to rap. Then I was like, you know what? I'm not good enough. I'm going to leave it to the professionals. Let me work on something behind the scenes, and and then that's when I I started like you know working with different artists, like just just directing them, you know, mm. um, giving them advice, um, release strategies. Because also I looked up to like A and R's and stuff, like um, label execs and Shakir Stewart, Half Daddy, Simon Cowell, um, L.A. Reid. Um, Jimmy Iovine, so many people, even Dr. Dre. Um, I wanted to be like a label boss myself. I remember one stage when I was 16, 17. But then um, my my journey kind of took a different direction to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's true. But you know, like in terms of, because um, obviously I know 2010, 2017 you was kind of juggling well like you just described then around wanting to be like the A&R and, and helping artists develop artists because I know at that time you were still working so to speak in terms of you had like a full-time job that you would say was your bread and butter and then you had the artist development stuff and the Discover New was just kind of being built up from the ground then. Um, how did you cope with that like, like mentally and financially? Because obviously anything you want to do that's going to be successful, you have to kind of invest in yourself first and you, you tend to put a lot of money up front first before you reap any of the benefits. So how, how did you cope with all of that, juggling 
work life and trying to set up this business that you've got now? Mm, um, I'll be honest, it was challenging because um, when I started doing this properly, I was in a relationship as well. So add that to the table. Pressure. Uh, <laughs> a lot of pressure. Because, um, you know, um, she wanted attention. Um, what I was building needs attention and work need attention as well. So I just had to juggle it, really. Um, and I think I coped a bit really well. Um, say, for example, um, in the office that I worked in, um, it was like, because I worked in a school and you know, okay. office setting. In a school setting, it was much better because I'd start work at 8.30 and finish at 3 o'clock. So from after 3 o'clock, I'd have all that time to myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I'd go um, to a show, do sound check, prepare, go studio session from 5 to 11 p.m., um, do whatever I can to, like, you know, get myself out there. Um, working in an office in a hospital setting, 4.30, finish, um, head home, get changed, Shoreditch, Camden, Hackney, I was there. The um, yeah, the spots. I was literally there doing my thing. And then um, weekends, I would see my ex and we mm. do things. You know what I mean? Um, but I kind of had to, like, I stopped for a little bit because she thought um, I wasn't giving her the most attention because, you know, um, you know how relationships... I, I know how it goes, man. You, you ain't got to explain it to me. I yeah, yeah, already, for, sure. Man. <laughs> for sure. But, you know, um, I, don't, I don't think she really believed in what I was building. Um, but fortunately, that relationship ended. I can say fortunately now because when you think about it, it was toxic. Mm. Um, and... Then I had a lot of free time, and that's when I just built and built. Um, I was working with a lot of like artists that um, did like mainstream sounds, and it wasn't, it wasn't. I don't know how can I say it in a respectful way. It wasn't help. It wasn't like making me happy or like you know. Um, it wasn't driving. beneficial to you in terms of what you yeah. wanted to get out of what you tried to set up. I suppose in a way. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it wasn't until like um, 2017, 2016, actually, 20, yeah, 2016, where I came up with this idea, sitting in the office, um, you know, entering data on a spreadsheet. And I was just like, because I, I was writing for like um, different blogs and stuff back then. Um, yeah, yeah. This guy called Alan Siemar, who's like a friend slash mentor as well. Um, so I writing for On The Come Up TV. Um, yeah, my, my writing, like a lot of people were rating my writing. They loved it. Um, I was doing interview for, interviews for the um, for the blog. Then I, I ghost wrote for a lot of other writers on platform, on big platforms, but I'm not going to say who, mm. but they know. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> they know. <laughs> they paid me, so thank you. Um, <laughs> and, and then I had this... Um, this secret blog, I I have no idea how PR companies found it um, on a secret blog. Um, so the the post I couldn't post on on the Come Up TV, I post it on a secret blog. I remember discovering Post Malone. This is this is nuts. You can even ask um, Alan Siemar; he will tell you. Um, I discovered Post Malone 2015. I think it was February. I think he had about three thousand plays on soundcloud 
right. So uh, early post Malone. Early post Malone. Um, I think I, I think the song was Tears. He posted Tears, yeah. And then obviously the month a month later he, he posted White Iverson, and that you know generated a lot of traction. Yeah, and yeah. Covering his music and posting his music on my secret blog, and then posting a lot of different artists. I found Black um, when he was still with Flo Flo Flowrider Flowrider's label. Um, he was posting like secret songs under the name Black, but he was he was a, he was working under another artist name back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, the blog was called Gino Blogs, <laughs> but it's gone now; it's all deleted. Um, and then you know, PR company just you know discovered it, and they were picking up these artists. And then it got to a point where I just thought I sat down in the office. I was like, you know what? I need to create my own platform, and that's how I discovered new came about and i just started you know planning writing writing down SWOT analysis marketing strategies started off as a radio station in hackney playing songs by saint john anders um zayna um tory lanes before he blew up um just so many so many unknown artists back then but now they've got like traction or they got a big fan base do you know what i mean yeah. And then, obviously, the radio station, they weren't really taking us seriously. Um, so I thought to myself, you know what? Let me start a blog. So I started a blog, posting the, these songs, and then started doing events under Discover New, because I was doing events like freelance in the past anyway. Yeah, yeah, Discover yeah. Um, what What really changed was one event I did um in 2017 it was like an old girl lineup and i remember a an a and r from parlophone contacted me because one of the artists performing who was very talented um her name is sayuna um you can check her out she's really good um she, she i think she was like 15 16 back then um because we did like because i used to work for a guy called james who used to like do videography um for me as well um and we did like visual assets to promote the the gig and we did ads on it and obviously he must have found it on instagram and he you know he invited us to parlophone and he just you know just gave us advice you know you guys are what you've got is great keep it up um let's connect and then um started scouting artists for them for him like whenever i discovered artists so like every single friday i'd send him a list of 30 artists that he should check out um, I did that right. for a couple of months. Um, and then I did a birthday gig on May the 8th, May 28, 2018. I had a birthday gig and um, one of the artists on the bill was a guy called Lil Sean John, a.k.a. EB. And um, he he had a guest perform, performer on the night called Alien Head. And they, their, their performance was really energetic. I really loved it. And then um, I remember Alien Head coming up to me saying, um, Yo, G, I want you to do a show for me. I, I love the vibe, etc." And I was like, yeah, sure. Just, you know, take down my email. Send me who you want as a support, support, to, um, to add in the support slots. And literally the next day, he sent me a list of names that I've never heard of before. All I see was like, which is bad lad. Um, I see Henshaw, I see a Resurrect. And then I added one artist on a bill as well. And 
And I was like, do these guys have experience of performing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, a Cam, it's the Camden Assembly. Like, yeah, it's a big like, thing. Big thing. There's a lot, there's a lot of like big artists that have never performed at the Camden Assembly. And these unknown artists have the ch- had the chance to perform there. So I, I needed to know. Um, so I heard the music. Um, a lot of their music was not really my, you know, it wasn't my taste. But um, I heard Henshaw and I was like, I'll keep my eye on this guy because he sounds pretty good. Um, and then we had the gig. The gig was really good. It was amazing. Great experience for for the youngsters, a lot of them were like 16, 17, 18, you know, they just started music. And the 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 best performer on the night was Henshaw. Um took me by surprise. He was like, yo, gee, this is my first time performing. Oh, um, right, okay. Yeah, it's first time. I remember the first time he spoke to me face to face, because before that we were talking online, you know, Instagram yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this this little white kid just came up to me. Yeah, Wagwanji. And I was like, <laughs> bro, 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 what? Yeah, yeah. from the suburbs or something. So no, man's from Camden still. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, cool. So you're like, you're allowed to talk like that because you're from you're from the ends. So yeah. you get it. Um, so yeah, he killed it. And because the gig went really well, the support was amazing. We um, in a group chat we formed this collective called Love Set. And um, where like I managed them, and there was artists, videographers, photographers involved. Um, we also had this Belgian act briefly called Ray Akuma. Um, so yeah, love set. You know, um, the aim was to really like get out there, um, showcase the incredible talent, talented artists and creators, creators that we had. And um, obviously, one by one, people started leaving. Or, to be honest, I started kicking people out because they weren't really taking it seriously. I was just um, about to ask that as well because you, you reeled off, you reeled off a few names there. But in terms of the artists that you've got now, so in terms of so as far as I, I think I've got this right, obviously you got Henshaw, um, TM, and yeah, so um, manage Henshaw. Um, yeah, in their boxing club. Those two I've been managing since 2018. Yeah. Uh, and then TM and Remy as a duo since 2019. Uh, TM Distant as a solo act since late 2019. Um, Violet, those are the artists. Um, producers, Sezen, Chase, DJ, Wave 2000. So that's the roster. That's the Ross at the moment. How, I've got a question for you as well, because I think we, we discussed this last time as well, but how do you keep, because obviously I think you said last time we spoke that they're, they're all kind of different genres, so there's no real pressure to keep the artist happy, but how do you juggle all of that? Because it sounds like you, you do a lot of that solo work in terms of putting on events for the artist and keeping the artist happy and making sure that the artists are putting out you know, good content, making sure they've got visuals to, to match up with the, the songs and, and stuff like that. A lot of that falls to you. So how do you juggle all of that, making sure that, you know, one artist is... I think with music, you, you sometimes find that some artists are going to be not pushed more than others. Um, but I'll be honest, you know, I've, I heard a lot more of Henshaw than I have potentially of some of the other artists, but that's not to say that the other artists aren't good. I just think that some people are going to go through the door a bit quicker than others, or they're going to go through the door first to open it up for everyone else. It's just, that's just how the industry works sometimes. But who, who, how do you keep 
the artists fresh, I suppose, as well, keeping sure that the conveyor belt of music still still on rotation with them? Um, it's all about communication, really. What I tend to do is, um, for myself, I write a plan. Say, for example, um, for 2022, I've wrote potential release dates for every single act that I manage. And I show them that. And say, for example, um, artist A, I'll be like, right, cool. We need to drop a single in March, May, July, this date and this date. So we need to have music, you know, six weeks before, you know, this date and that date. It's all about communication. And um, and also I've got like a t- great team as well, like Soren, Sam, Inca, um, graphic work, videography. So they, they help as well. Um, but yeah, it's all about really communicating, um, no pressure. When the music's ready, you know, that's when we we work out tactics. Um, yeah, that's that's all I can really think of, really. For that and, question. And, yeah, and just in terms of like the live shows, because I know obviously you've, you've got... So what's the difference between um new ink sound and discover new because i know they're kind of their own separate entities and they've potentially got their own meanings behind them is is one more to do with like the the artist management side and one of it one one side of it so new ink for instance is that the the management side and then discover new is that the you know like the live shows or the um the unsigned part of it in terms of searching for those unsigned artists so basically, um, that's a good question. Um, basically, uh, this all started as like Discover New, but now it's D New Media, Discover New Media, okay. and like the main parent parent company. Um, and there's different divisions. There's the blog platform, which is Discover New, and Discover New is kind of like covers music journalism, um, playlisting. Um, events which also falls under D New Live, um, Discover New Live. Um, there's a separate Instagram for that. So Discover New, D New Live, very similar to each other. Discover New, the music blog, playlisting, um, like partnership partnerships with different media companies. If we if we were to go to like a um, a gig or festival would just be like, yeah, we work for Discover New. Um, and Discover New Live, D New Live, is the name for the live shows. Um, Newing Sound, which falls under, which is the artist management and development division. Um, yeah, that falls under D New Media as well. And that's more, that's focused on, you know, like I said, managing the artists, yeah, developing yeah. artists. Um, and hopefully one day we'll have like a division for a record label. Um, so it's kind of like, um, to be honest, I, I kind of copy complex. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be hundred percent honest. I'm just keeping a hundred percent with you. Complex, you know, it's a big media company. It's yeah, complex, yeah. Music, complex fashion, sneakers, um, TV, pigeons and planes, which is like a, music discovery platform. Um, but what they don't have is an artist management division and pigeons and, p- pigeons and planes 
have one, I think. No matter music, I think that's connected. So like, that's kind of like what I did. I just kind of like, you know, I was inspired by Complex. Um, but I added the artist management division because I didn't want to um, manage two different businesses. That's long. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that 100%. So, man. <laughs> that um, long. What, what I was going to yeah. ask you as well is because obviously you said earlier on that you... Um, used to do producing, used to write, used to um, rap at one point as well. What kind of made you do that transition from artist to management? And also, what would you say are the pressures that come with being an artist, uh, you know, a manager in terms of, like we kind of touched on it earlier around having to make sure that there's a plan in place. But what would you say is like the, the, the most sort of, obvious demands as an artist manager in terms of the, today's world in ter- terms of today's current music industry oh so you, do you want me to go through the first question first because um yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the first question um um the transition. When I to, the transition oh when i used to rap well i started off with songwriting um i, I still write songs but they tend to be very sad and press pressing um i tried rapping i just thought do you know what it is? It's writing two verses and coming up for chorus um, and then recording it and doing like a million takes. I just thought to myself, this this is a waste of time, you know. I'd rather like direct someone in doing this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you, obviously you'd hear someone else and their cadence is better, they've got a better hook than you and you're just like, you know, let me just be honest with myself, you know, and just say that I'm not as good as these people. And let me just work on something else and see where it gets me. Um, what was the second question again? So the second question was around like the pressures of of being an artist manager and what are they? What are those pressures? Because obviously a lot of the time I get artists on here on this uh, on this podcast but it's very rare they get like an artist manager so it's the other side of the coin where it's like the artists they just to, to kind of keep it simple they just turn up record shoot a video write their songs and that's technically what an artist is supposed to do but from an artist management perspective there's a whole new world and a lot more to do behind the scenes that is sometimes overlooked from you know a consumer's perspective or from you know a, an artist perspective they don't realize how much a, a artist manager does so what would you think or what would you say are some of those demands as an artist manager um and the pressures in in terms of being one of them a successful one as well i um to be honest with you because um with the artists that I manage, um, we're all like, you know, on the same level of thinking. Um, we don't apply pressure to each other, if that makes sense. Um, I don't. I don't think there's pressure unless you know your your artist is signed to to a major record label. That's when you'll be under severe pressure all the time. I feel like. With the artists that I manage, um, a lot of them have got distribution deals. Um, the only pressure that I tend to get is kind of like, say, for example, if we've got a release in four weeks' time, you know, it's getting a video shoot done, um, making sure it's ready um, within a week, um, sending out press releases, um, emailing um, music journalists, bloggers, um, booking agents, A and R's, pitching songs to so like independent, independent 
playlist curators, um, networking with social media influencers, marketing managers. Um, to be honest, for me, I don't, I don't see that as pressure. I just see that as part of my job. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that makes sense. Think, yeah, I don't think I've ever. The only time um, I'd be, I'd feel like there's pressure is is if an artist is not working hard enough. Say, for example, um, you're dropping a song. Say, for example, um, in a month's time, and it's not mixed or mastered, and you're and you're just relaxed about it, and you know that you need to get it to press at least three weeks before release, but you're still not doing nothing about, you know, getting it mixed and mastered or getting the artwork sorted. So, you know, that's when pressure comes into play. Do you know what I mean? Because you want to get... Have you been in that position before in terms of, Um, without without saying names, but have you been in a position where an artist that you're managing or you're working with is just not really taking it seriously and it's more you doing the legwork and they're kind of just sitting back and thinking that things are going to fall into place. Has that ever been a a situation you've been in? Yeah, yeah. And I don't work with that artist anymore. Um, That artist was meant to perform at my birthday gig. um, And on the day, there was was a date in January 2018 where I linked up with this clothing brand and we had a photo shoot to, you know, to promote the birthday gig and that artist he messaged me saying oh sorry bro i have to go to my friend's birthday birthday um celebration so he 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 reckoned that going to his friend's birthday celebration was more important than you know being the headline act at the camden assembly and getting free clothing do you know what i mean and that's when i realized this guy is not serious because and then a couple of weeks later um he like the guy did not work you know what i mean mm-hmm. and he goes he goes to a car dealership he buys himself a bmw and he has to pay like 500 pounds a month for it when he hasn't got a job do you know what i mean and for Priorities me that's all right. yeah that's when i realized this guy is all about girls money cars and i just thought now nah, bro i'm not gonna work with you because we're not on the same wavelength do you know what i mean um with the guys that I work with right now, um, the good thing, I just tell them, this is how I work. This is how I expect you to work. If you don't work like how I work, then it won't work. Do you know what I mean? Simple. <laughs> simple as, simple as. And they respect that. Um, like for example, um, Henshaw may be a borderline controversial rapper, but like when I speak to him, it's, it's 100% respect from both sides. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm speaking speaking to my nephew, same as TM and Remy. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it's all about. It's kind of like for these artists to be uh, at a level where they take it seriously, they respect you, um, they're focused, they know about the grind. As an artist manager, you kind of have to set that tone and set an example as well. Do you know what I mean? So, like, say for example. Um, if you tell them you're gonna get them a show, yeah, get them a show, photo shoot, get them a photo shoot, um, video shoot, sort that out. Say for example, if you say I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to get you on this blog or that blog or this playlist, and they end end up on that playlist or blog, 
they'll see that you, you're serious. Do you know what I mean? They'll yeah, see that yeah, yeah. this guy is actually serious. I respect him. Do you know what I mean? And for me, um, I feel like live shows is important for artists. Um, that's why I, I try to get them on as many shows as possible. It doesn't matter if it's the same venue. Um, the more you perform, the more confident you become. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and 100%. Every, every single performance, every single um, time you're, you're on stage, there's different people in the room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. a new fan, potential new fan that's going to go home and be like, yo, check, I checked, I heard this artist called Henshaw or Violet. Check them out. Snowball effect. They'll check them out. They'll, um, they'll tell their friends, their family, etc. So that's why I do a lot of live shows under DNA Live yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense because i think you know like you said there's a, there's always going to be an occasion where you don't know who's in the room like there could be someone in the room that in terms of a networking um situation where they want to work with the artist and they're just looking for new talent as well in terms of who they can collaborate with or they might have an artist that they want to link up with one of your artists so it's always it's, i mean live music is potentially more important than the actual music itself and i think from an artist perspective that's where a lot of the money is as well because you can always put out music but in terms of live shows you know a lot of your core fans will go to the to a live show anyone can listen to a song but to actually turn up to a venue pay for a ticket pay for merch if there's merchandise available things like that it, it means a lot more it does it does and that's why i do it that's why i do it and also you get pictures from live shows and videos from live shows and any artist or artist manager listen to this you know that if you're applying to perform at Blastonbury or Reading or any place like that or The Great Escape. They want they to see need, that. Yeah, they want to see evidence that you've performed at certain venues. There's pictures out there. There's a group of fans front row cheering you on. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Just, just talk to me about, because obviously we kind of talked about the artists that you're not working with anymore, but obviously, and we've had Remy um, and Henshaw on the podcast previously, but just talk to me about them individually. What do they bring individually, um, you know, in terms of the music? Because I know Remy, like I said, he's been on, he, you know, at the time when I think he was on, I'm going to say last year or the year before, might have been last year, but when he came on, um, him and Remy, would, uh, him and TM Distant, were like the, the collaboration that they had, um, it was working really well, still is to this day, and Henshaw as well, when he came on, like you can just tell that he's he's got so much more in him to give, and that's not a criticism to him. That's just, he's not on that right path of his journey yet. And he's going to, he's going to go even further. He's, he's one that could go clear because he's that talented. Um, but just talk to me about like Violet, for instance, as well, because I know she had a live show um, recently, only I think last week. Yeah. And, and, and two days ago. Okay. Well, busy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really busy. Um, Violet is very, very focused. She's been focused since day one. Um, but obviously, um, she had uni, um, which was also a focus. So it was kind of like, you know, balancing uni and music. But now that um, uni's finished, she's been super focused, working on her EP, her, her debut EP, which is coming out later this year. She's very professional. Like, I think it's the German side of her. 
Yeah. Um, very professional. She knows what she wants. And she's, I feel like she's a go-getter. Do you know what I mean? She's a go-getter. And it's, she makes my life easy because, you know, I don't need to change certain who like, oh, Violet, can you do this? Um, she's doing what she can and I'm doing what I can for her. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. it works really well that way. Um, and she's really good at communicating. That's the most important thing. She communicates things. She doesn't like keep things to herself. And then one day it comes out, do you know what I'm saying? She like, if she needs, she, if she needs to ask you a question or she has something to say, she'll ask you, do you know what I mean? And that's, to me, that's amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it shows a lot of confidence as well in terms of being able to, it shows a lot about you as well. Cause it shows that obviously you're an approachable, approachable person. Um, you know, there's that, that open dialogue, open communication, which is key in any good relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm always like, you know, I'm an open book. I'm ready to like listen and give advice. Um, and she's extremely talented. Um, I feel like she can go really far um, and she's going to get better and better. I just can't wait for the mute. I just can't wait for the world to hear her music. Yeah, 100%. Um, like the the single that we're dropping next month, it's oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing that man, 100. percent And you mentioned is it uh, Yonde as well, Yonde yeah, Boxing yeah. Club. Yeah, Yonde Boxing Club is like, in a way, she's like my little sister's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She like my little sister because she's French Cameroonian, um, and with her. It's kind of like she, because when she started doing music, she was doing everything herself. All she needed is like a manager to kind of like elevate her career. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with her, she's, yeah, she knows what she wants. Like we've, we've released different, different song singles that fall into different genres. But now we know what her genre is. And she's been quietly, the thing is about her, she's very quiet. Like, she keeps herself to herself. Not a bad thing, man. Not a bad thing at all. Um, and, you know, she'll go quiet for a bit and people will think like, oh my God, where's, where's MJ? Because we call it MJ. Um, and then she'll drop a song and it'll be amazing. Mm. And we'll probably get playlisted, stuff like that. And yeah, she's just like, she's so talented. And in terms of songwriting, she's probably like, one of the best songwriters that I've ever met in my life, like wow. up there, like top 10, like one of the best, like the song, cause she writes songs um, for other artists as well. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a private link on Instagram. Okay, okay. You can hear it for yourself. Uh, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's dope. Yeah. And she's like all of them, Violet and, um, MJ, they're both like nice people as well. Mm. Nice to be Not around. Not to say that I was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All, yeah. All, no, trust me, all of them are nice people. That's the main thing. That's, that's, the, that's one thing about me. Um, if, before I work with someone or manage someone, um, I like to be out in public with them. Like, you need to know the vibes, big. right? Yeah, you just want to get to know them. You, wanna, you just want to drop some certain, certain like phrases you want to talk talk about certain subjects just to see how they answer it. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? I do that quite a lot, just to like try and see whether or not they're 
they think like me. And yeah, yeah. These guys passed. They're amazing. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those two, yeah. I don't know. Who else should I talk about? <laughs> Obviously, whoever you got, man. But um, no, in terms in terms of the <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of the core, like um, oh, it's like you're managing. Um, you just have just have to go on Instagram or go to like you said a live show or go on Spotify or wherever. You can tell that the quality is there in all the artists. You know, they're not they're not sort of mediocre. You can tell they all have the right journey ahead of them if they they want to have that journey. You can see that it's there for them. Um, a hundred percent. You know, you don't have to look at the visuals as well. They're they're clean. They're, they're well put together, well directed, well produced. So you know that like the artist's on the right path. And I think that's a, again, that's a lot of, of sort of you're doing, do you know what I mean? That like the reason that they're, they're where they are. And it's, again, there's no criticism to them. They're relatively still young in their life. So as a mentor, to have someone like you in their life as well, who potentially have, you, you've experienced your own things as well, you can pass that on to them. That's that's only going to benefit them and you at the same time. But um, yeah, definitely a, a massive like, you know, accolade for you as well. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate yeah, that. 100%. 100%. I want that to be um, a good role model for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it has yeah. to be, man. We need more. We, we need more like role models for just people, not even for artists, just people. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to do that, like trying to, um, especially in South London. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know the ones, the, the the young black boys who are like 13, 14, and you know, they can get straight away into the streets. I'm trying to like work with them and um, be a role model and tell them there's more to life than you know the roads. The roads, they, exactly. So. Mm. Um, I'll be working on that like, hopefully later in the year. That was that kind of leads me on to my next question, to be fair, but I don't know how you want to answer this because you might get inundated with requests. But how do people get in touch with you if they want to send you music? Is that something that people can do? Or is that just one of the... Um, you mentioned one of the platforms that you've got anyway, the Instagram accounts, which is the one for the playlisting and, and all of that stuff. Um, this Discover New, I think, is the one. So is that where people would reach out to you if they had some music that they wanted you to hear or they just want to interact with you, maybe get some advice from you as well? Um, I just hope they don't get... No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, basically, um, I'm always down to like, you know, because um, I do like music consultancy on the side as well. Okay. Uh, a lot of artists. But if there's an artist that's just starting, then I'm more than happy to like, you know, take an hour out and just give them advice on releases. So, you know, you can find me on Instagram, like Noirgino, N-O-I-R-E-G-I-N-O. Um, if you want to submit music, then DM me or DM... You're going to regret saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but before you DM me regarding um, submitting music, you need to like listen to the playlist, um, go on the blog, see the style of music that we're posting, listen to the artists that I manage, um, listen to the sound. Does it fit? Is it similar? If it's similar, then, you know, get in touch and I'll listen. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes I tend to get like heavy rock bands getting in the, touch. The, the most opposite thing to what you're trying to find yeah. and work with. <laughs> Yeah, all like gospel acts. And it's like, yeah, this, this is great. It's amazing. But like, I have no experience in this genre. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, um, alt rap, alt R&B, indie pop, 
um, trap, soul. Is there such a thing as alternative drill? Is that another thing that you can... Yeah, yeah. TM and Remy. Um, TM and Remy. The, when it comes to alternative drill, like, they're up there. They're the best. That's their bag. Yeah, that's their bag. Um, mm. it, it, it came from a sound that I coined called Emo Drill. Um, right. From a guy called... He performed at my, at my birthday gig called Lil Sean John. Um, and then Henshaw took it to an another level with paper planes and burning, which is like emotional drill. And then obviously he's not really the biggest fan of drill. Like he loves drill, but like he doesn't really want to do drill. And then TM and Remy just took it and took it to the next level. Do you know what I mean? Um, you should, I'll send you a link of their next single. It's, it's a bit wild. Right, right, okay. <laughs> it's, it's the real definition of alt drill. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, man. And I think it needs that. It needs, because you know what drill now is the sound. Everyone wants to be on drill. And I think it's getting to that point where I feel like grime was at one point. Drum and bass was probably at one at one point as well. Uh, what was it called? Baseline. I don't, even, I don't think I even touched London, to be fair. But up north from Sheffield, Manchester, it was baseline. Um, funky house. If you remember, there was a wave of funky house as well. Everyone wanted to do that. So I think drill can stand the test of time if people don't dilute it too much. And I think there's different avenues you can take with drill. And I think uh, TM and Distant, they're both kind of, um, as a collective, they've, they've nailed it spot on. Yeah, 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 for sure. They have. They have. I might send you um a couple of like private links as well for you to listen um after this call. Yeah, just man, just send them through, man. Obviously they they'll stay with me, but um a hundred percent. But just in terms before we wrap up, just in terms of um for yourself, for the artists that you manage, what is in store for the rest of twenty twenty two? What what's what's left of it anyway? Uh twenty twenty two this year. I tweeted this in 2019, towards towards the end of 2019, I, tw- I tweeted 2022. This is the year where my guys are going to have a breakthrough year. They're going to go out, they're going to be out there, out there. Mm. The music is going to connect, oh, I keep starting. The music will connect to fans. They're going to build a, a following and and next year, they'll be placed amongst some of the best emergent artists in the world. I know it. I can feel it. I just know it because the music that we have coming out from everyone is on another level. I feel like they're on that journey already. I know I said this before. I feel like they're kind of, I'm not saying that they're top level already because I'm sure all of them would admit that they've still got a long journey to go. But you can see in the artists that there's there's enough about them. There's, there's, there's enough quality in the music. Um, for them to go as far as they want. So I can see that happening 100%. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. And it, it will happen. It will happen. Yeah, of course, man. Check it out. First release of the year tonight. Um, and that's going to kickstart the amazing year that we're going to have. And, and we'll go on for 10 summers. Yeah, 100%, man. And and when where, where can people find you? I know you mentioned some of the um, Discover New those accounts are on Instagram. Where, where can people find you as well if they want to get in touch with you on Instagram? Um, I'm Instagram, Twitter, not Facebook. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn, Georges Kande, um, connect with me. I can always like, because LinkedIn do this thing where um, if you've worked with someone, you can rate their skills or something like that. So Okay. Do you know what? I need to get on that because a, a lot of people talk to me about LinkedIn. 
and I always say you got to have a purpose to be on there, but I'm going to check it out because I think a lot of people said, you, oh, you'll benefit from being on there. You'll be able to connect with people and all these other things. And it's, for me, I just see it as, I thought it was like for, for, for like business people, office people. When I say business, I mean people who work in an office and this and that. So I'm going to check it out because I've, I've heard some good stuff about it. To be honest, that's what I thought as well. But um, it's more than that, to be honest. It's great. Yeah, no, I need to check that, man. But listen, I appreciate you coming on. I know this is this has been like a part two of part one that we're never going to put out. But um, yeah, it's, I appreciate you taking the time out. And obviously, good luck to the whole management team and and the whole um, collective of artists you've got on your your roster. Because I think you know, like I keep saying, they're all talented. I listen to a lot of their music. I wait for their new music to come out as well. Um, and this is all down to you. We're going to get the other guys on. I know, like I said, we had Henshaw, I've had Remy on, um, but I want to get the others on as well um, and, and, and make it a, a sort of full circle if we can, man. But I'm going to put all the links, the descriptions, the links in the description to all the artists' music, their, their pages that you can find them on. It's going to be a long description, but we'll do it. Um, and also yourself as well, man. We'll, we'll get, get you on there. And any live shows, anything like that, make sure you send them through to me. Um, oh, well, oh, for so sure. Yeah, so you can push that, man. But this has been another episode of Ear to the Streets. Um, Yeah, man, thanks very much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode as well. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, man, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Love, man.